Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I apologize again. Have a little bit of a cold. Have a little bit of an NFL voice situation going on right now from an intense Bengals and Kansas City Chiefs game. We talked about Joe Burrow. I feel like he's he's making a run for MVP. Obviously, they have bigger um, thoughts in the future of what they want to do in the AFC. They're still that division is still there. It is still sitting there for them. They have a lot of, um, you know, the schedule gets difficult, but they're proving that uh, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Let's go to the offensive line. Again, we can talk about when the offensive line is bad. Let's talk about when it's good. I know you're going to go and watch the tape later this week, but what did you like out there just from watching it live? Pass protection. Thought that was great. Uh, They got, it just felt like sometimes in those pockets, and I was impressed. Because uh, Chris Jones, I, I kept thinking that could end up like Cam Hayward on Cordell Volson. Never happened. Like he had a big stop on a run play. And other than that, I can't think of much. And he also got wham blocked by Mitchell Wilcox for like five yards. Mitchell Wilcox? Like, Wilcox got him, got him good, like opened up the hole and every on a P Ryan run. So shout out Mitch Wilcox. And that was before Hurst got hurt, I believe. It was right before he got hurt. They just kind of pulled him or they ran full personnel. I don't remember which. Probably pulled Hurst off the field and let Wilcox run. And he hits this way on block, which is when you uh, don't block the defensive tackle and your tight end just whacks him from the outside and uh, just open up a giant hole. It was really cool. I, I forget when you're at the game, you don't see these replays. It's I don't. like it's hard to see that live. <laughs> it's hard to see it live. And then they cut to the replay of Mitch Wilcox just blowing Chris Jones up. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> what a block from the backup tight end. Uh, he stepped up in a good way, in an underrated way. I don't think anybody else is really going to talk about him, but I thought he played well. Offensive line played well, though. Um, they called some different pass protections with a lot of with extra blockers and stuff. You know, you have to sometimes to work the ball down the field against a coordinator who likes to blitz. But man, when they ran, when they rushed four, it felt like Joe had all day at times. And I know I'm going to go back and watch it. It probably won't be as good as I remember. But right now, my feeling was. This might have been their best performance because of how important the game was, too. It's not like when they – the Panthers was the best performance, I think, even though Jonah Williams gave up that sack to Brian Burns, just running for seven yards of carry and all that stuff. It, it was a lot of help from them, although Mixon played incredible in that game. When I think of this one, though, it's like, yeah, you probably beat the Panthers even if the offensive line doesn't play that well. Do you beat the Chiefs if Chris Jones keeps getting in the backfield – I think you could, but a lot of that's going to come down to Burrow being able to escape the pocket or escape these sacks. He didn't really need to, and that's and that was cool. It's funny because Ted Karras, before and after the game, is getting probably the third loudest chant at the stadium. People <laughs> love Ted Karras. They love what he's doing out there. And in the postgame show, I heard a lot about Alex Kappa, too. If there was anybody else, you know, we talk about some of the tight ends when they're out there blocking and what they're able to do when it comes to protection and the pass protection, what we saw with the offensive line. 
who else stood out for you with this O-line just by watching it live? Ooh, man. I thought, I thought everybody played well. I can't think of like Jonah had the holding call and he got downfield too quick on an RPO. Like, I, I guess that would be the issue, but I don't remember him giving up any pressure. And then, yeah, I thought Kappa, I mean, you got to give credit to all three interior guys, right? Volson, Kappa, and Karras, because Chris Jones is a monster. He, I mean. He had this game circled. Yeah, I mean, I would if I was him. I'm trying to think how many sacks. I think he's already at double digits for this season. I'm finding right now 10 sacks. Yeah, he's at 10 sacks this season. Zero today. So that's a good game. I can't think of too many pressures either. Like I know Burrow escaped and scrambled a couple times. He's that really fun play. He doesn't hand it off. That was not a design. And he starts running right behind P. Ryan up through the hole for the biggest run play of the day. Just when that stuff's working for you, I mean, like that's everything going right. Um, yeah, I just thought I thought everybody on the offensive line played well. You know what was surprising was while P. Ryan, I thought, was okay in pass protection, he whiffed a couple times, especially once I remember, and Burrow got killed on it. They brought a blitz, and he just didn't see the linebacker or whatever. He didn't step up. So I was surprised by that in a bad way, but I don't want to talk about that because it was Bengals win, and I want to talk about the good stuff, and the offensive line played awesome. And I thought P. Ryan, other than that, was really, really good. Uh, Joe Burrow, we got it. We got it. There's a little post game quotes going on right now. And I have to retweet this. Joe Burrow asked about Justin Reed and he said it would, it would matter a lot more if he knew what he was talking about. And here's the thing. I feel like NFL players should learn. You don't poke the bear. You, you, you go back to the Baltimore Ravens last year. You go back to any of the coaches or players who can think we can stop Joe Burrow. We can stop this team. Joe Burrow doesn't have to say a word. He'll just throw on you on third and 11 when the game is on the line for the first down and you've used all your timeouts. And I think a lot of teams have learned. I think you can watch that game and know against Kansas City last year. It wasn't fluke. It wasn't luck. It's a winning streak. And people are starting to know that this team is right now getting hot offensively. And that is huge from Zach Taylor to Joe Burrow to this offensive line. Samaj P. Ryan has had to step up in the last couple of weeks without Joe Mixon. And it feels like they're not skipping a beat when he's out there too. Yeah. He stepped up. He's been awesome. I think the, the only issue with him that's a constant is just, I think. And Romo actually brought this up too. Doesn't have the juice. Like, He'll churn out these five-yard runs, these six-yard runs, four-yard runs. He'll get to like a nine-yard run, and but I I'd never see him really breaking off that like twenty-yard run when he when he's running through people. But look, he has been awesome. He's run strong. He's run hard. Lowers his shoulder, drives through contact. Awesome stiff arm again this week. If we're gonna get a weekly P Ryan stiff arm, that's great. This is. This is what you want. As if you're an offensive coach for the Bengals and you look at we got Mixon, and by ESPN's players, owners, coaches poll, top five running back, and then we got this guy behind him. It's like even if you don't think Mixon's a top five running back, you think top 12, whatever. Like I'm trying to give a conservative estimate, top 12 based off what he's done in his career. You got P Ryan too. I mean, that's great. Because you can keep both fresh. The issue with Mixon was he was probably getting a little bit too much work early on, like we talked about, where 
yeah, he's he's like leading the league in carries. He's taking all these hits, and now he's eventually gets hurt. And I know it's not a accumulation type hurt; it's a concussion. But I don't know. I think it opened up uh, the doorway to a possible committee situation. Sorry to fantasy owners hitting the fantasy playoffs in this moment, but I do think P. Ryan has earned himself more playing time and. It, he won't just be third down blocking back. I think I think you can put him in there for a few drives. And I've kind of been saying that for a while, but I think this game finally solidified it for sure. Yeah, you, you should probably split even their carries to more of an even load and their, you know, everything around even. Maybe it's like 55, 45, 60, 40 mixing. I, I still think he takes the lead, but I don't think you can I don't think you want to just leave Piran on the bench and make Mixon take all the extra hits. Yeah, and and you know we did a show early on in the season, and everybody wanted Frank Pollock fired. Frank yeah. Pollock is the offensive line coach. Frank Pollock is the run game coordinator. Things have taken. You know out. how hard it is. I, he doesn't get enough credit for switching the scheme mid year. You know how hard that is. It's like I tweeted about how, like credit to Frank Pollock for designing and implementing a scheme that's now working after what he has done his whole life didn't work early in the year. And then I get a bunch of replies about, well, he should have known beforehand and had it done by that. It's like, okay, so no credit for him doing something that very few coaches can do because he should have just had the foresight to know these guys can't run and run wide zone like that. So whatever. I think he's been really good. I'm glad they didn't fire him after weeks two through five, like people wanted. So uh, it seems like they've got a pretty good, pretty good guy at the mantle there. And uh, for people developing, yeah, Jonah Williams is kind of stagnated, whatever. Look, when you can take a late fourth round rookie who didn't look like he knew how to kick slide in North Dakota state because they never asked him to do it. And now he's a starting piece of a Super Bowl caliber, Super Bowl caliber offense. That's that's development. So I feel like after 12 games, a couple apologies need to be out. Zach Taylor, when everybody <laughs> wanted him to give up play calling, when yeah. we talked about Frank Pollock. And then I think there was some criticism in the draft process of Wilson. What are you doing? You can't sure. get this offensive line pick right. Look, he's showing up for a rookie right now. And he's learning quick with this offensive line. They're all learning together. Really great point of the season. They're playing their best football right now. And everyone just feels like they're on the same page. And it's fun because sometimes you even think, oh, man, there were some plays left out where I get a little selfish now because I'm like, I don't want a field goal. I want a touchdown. And you know that Joe Burrow can probably make it happen. They can probably go down and score. It's not, mm, we got to settle for three. We got to, no. I, I trust that this offense is rolling and making the right calls. And that's credit to Zach Taylor, and that's credit to number nine. Oh, yeah. I mean – I think anybody else deserve an apology after, after all, the, all the hate. It's like, uh, I can't think of too many people on offense. I mean, not even on defense either. I, I mean, I've always been such a Pratt stand, and he had such a great game today that people kept saying, like, pull him off the field for Akeem Davis Gaither, pull him off the field and get faster guys in there. It's like, how about you don't pull him off the field? And he goes and makes the play of the game. <laughs> you know, like he's been a good linebacker since last year and he's teetering on great. Like it's, I don't know. It, it's moving into a one, a one B with uh, Logan Wilson. I, I don't know if it's one, two, 
anymore with these plays that he's making. I mean, the play to rip the ball out from Kelsey there, incredible. Like that's that's so hard to be able to get that. And he's always raking at the ball and he finally gets one. So awesome. I I thought he played really well. And hey, shout out to Jesse Bates, the veteran cram. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. I was like, oh no, is Jesse Bates okay? And oh, then- I, I was worried because I was like, oh man, that guy on a franchise tag, did he just get hurt? And then Explain why he did that, because honestly, there was so much happening at that Oh, point. the broadcast did it really well. Uh, yeah, they had two guys coming on the field. They would have had a 12 men on the field penalty. So Bates saw that and just fell to the ground. He did a great flop. <laughs> yeah, great honestly. flop. I mean, he got me at first, and then they showed the replay, and I was just like, oh, my God, that's a veteran cramp. You know, <laughs> so, that was you're talking about veteran moves. Uh, savvy moves and it was a savvy time to go down with the injury not to save clock or anything but because you're about to get a penalty there's more i want to get to on the defensive side we will get to that in the third segment i want to give some props to jamar chase and the cincinnati Bengals for listening to me they made jamar chase last out of the tunnel we kept looking because they were calling offense and i was like joe burrow where is he looking for number nine and one and i thought they had him flip-flopped into the tunnel nope They go number nine, they announce the quarterback, and then Jamar Chase comes out. In the home atmosphere, I know we talk about it a lot here. It's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different vibe down there. And I don't know if it played a factor in the game, but it's the place to be. Leaving that stadium, the random who days you're hearing, the people singing the Bengals fight song until every player is off the field. It's just different football in Cincinnati right now, and it's a whole lot of fun over the last two years. But, uh, But, yeah, honestly... I don't know. That was a lot. <laughs> Man. I mean, shout out to Jamar Chase for that last play where he gets the first down. Nothing was there. They thought they they thought Kansas City was bringing heat and they drop out and it shouldn't have worked. But when you just, when you have Jamar Chase, it'll work. <laughs> I don't know. I, and hey, shout out me. I said he wouldn't be on much of a snap count. It wasn't on much of a snap count. He wasn't. Yeah. He was ready to go. He was ready. I, to I go. did my research. I, I felt bad talking about it because I was like, I'm not the doctor, but I keep reading these doctors and physical therapists saying, like, he shouldn't be limited. And I'm like, All right, I'll just say it. You know, I don't think he should be limited. And he played awesome. Well, he, you know, I don't, there was so much made of it. There was the hype. There was the team ch- um, tweeting out Uno. There was the press conference Wednesday. I don't think if the team doctors didn't feel like if he was 100% that they would make this such a big debut. And we knew it was almost official when he goes full at practice the day before they announce who's going to go, who's not going to go for the Sunday, you knew, okay, things, things are going well for Jamar. And he even told the media, Hey, I'm smiling. I'm happy. I don't feel anything right now. And if it was that hairline fracture, again, not a doctor. Um, but if it was able to heal during that time period, awesome. Awesome. Because this is a great time to get number one back. And I can't believe his debut comes at such a big home game. And he was a factor. One of the things I liked about Jamar Chase, he got a penalty for it, the offensive pass. Oh, my God. I didn't oh. see the replay. But but I love that Joe went back to him. Joe went to him the first time, and then he went back to him again. And then he I got thought, I thought you were talking about the very stupid penalty on the T touchdown. Oh, no, I love it. Like, you know how I feel about My something. mild worry with that was it was very – it it wasn't – like a 100% touchdown. There was like the small worry that an ankle hits or something, something stupid. And then you get the penalty and now it's first and goal from like the 16. You're like, Oh no, that went from a sure touchdown to what's going on. But uh, because it didn't matter. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. And you know what, you know, who can talk Jamar chase. 
Absolutely. I mean, hey, he tweeted right after the game the two and I was like, he this, you know, he 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 takes some petty uh he remembers. <laughs> the thing about it, what I love about Jamar Chase's tweet is the team account retweeted it. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> That's a whole different ball game and we love it. They they may have unretweeted it, but right now it's it's awesome. I love when that shows up on the on the notifications on Twitter. But yeah, so far offense and we want to give more defensive love. I know we talked to Jermaine Pratt, a little Jesse Bates. We'll get to that more in just the AFC picture as a whole as of um, the Bengals improved to 8-4 on the season.